1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And today's episode is going to be excuse me. Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. We have a very exciting guest with us. The number one complaint we get on Resource is that there is not enough pits. We need (laughs) more pits on the show. And so today we have doubled the amount of pits guests. Jay, I always ask you to introduce our guests, but this this week, I think. It's only fitting that you introduce our guests. Why don't you tell our listeners who we're talking with today? Well, well number one, that was tongue in cheek. <laughs> certainly, there is probably
0: enough pits for our listeners, considering, <laughs> you know, I've never met a word I didn't like. So, <laughs> it, needless to say, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm excited to have another pits on the show with us today. Um, it's not my brother, Zach. Nope. Um, it's not my mom. It's not my wife. It's not my son though, he would probably be a pretty good guest. And I think our guest today would agree with that, that Preston would probably be a pretty good resource guest. No, we have my father, Jeffrey J. Pitts, as our guest here today. Dad, you want to say hi? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have it was only fitting that we have you as a guest. We we have quoted you a number of times. Oh, I yes. don't, several
1: times. I don't know if
0: you're an avid listener, but I know you do listen to the podcast. Have you heard us talk about you on the podcast before? Yes, I have. Have you
2: <laughs> flattered? Uh, you know, most of it is most of it's uh, what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's we we've joked that um, there's a website, and I'll, I'll I'll
0: use a different word, but there's a website called using a different first word, but I'll use stuff my dad says. It's a different word. It's right. a different four letter word. Right. Got it. And we've often joked that I could produce a real estate version of this website.
2: Probably. You're very quotable.
0: <laughs> okay, well anyway. So let's let's tell our guest a, a little bit more about you. So da- dad is uh you know if you listen to the show you know that he's had an extreme influence. Gabe, you obviously know this. He sure. had an extreme influence on my career and my business and obviously he brought me up around the real estate business. He's a a broker, a builder, a realtor, a developer a property manager.
2: Are you an auctioneer? I was an auctioneer. I let my license go back when I figured out I didn't have to have it to get Jimmy to do the work for me. Okay. And <laughs>
0: Jimmy Jimmy is actually going to be another guest that we're going to have to have on sometime. Oh, another mentor of mine, Mr. Jim Bramlett, a broker owner in Elizabethtown as well, which is where I'm from originally. But yeah, that dad, dad is all those things. And I often posit that in a small town, real estate people do everything. In a larger market, agents have the luxury of being able to you know, kind of narrow their scope. Sure, um, but Dad has done all those things. But beyond that, beyond just doing a lot of different things, flipping houses, owning rental property, etc., you know, also was on the forefront of the team movement. Yeah, in yeah. the real estate industry, he and my uncle both, within Remax, as so many other Remax people did at those times, built a team. Uh, at its height, was twenty agents. Right. right. 692 transaction sides in 2006, before the crash.
1: 692. That's what
0: 692 transaction sides. Now, he represented some of the developers. There's some lots in there. There's some REO sales sure. in there. But 692 transaction sides, approximately $60 million. So if you're doing the math, this is small-town Kentucky, not high-average sales prices. Sure. Um, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, as I said, that amounted to about 20% of a $300 million market. Okay, that spans across several counties. Um, he has been recognized with the Remax honor of Circle of Legends after 27 years with the company, 32 years in the business, licensed in 1986. So, resume kind of speaks for itself, Dad.
2: Well, thank you. That's kind of what I've been doing. I've been in the business for a number of years. You know, I'm blessed. The Lord gave me something that I could do. You know, I didn't have to be. <laughs> don't have to be. Uh, you know, I could have been a plumber. You know, I could have yeah. been. You know many other just, things. Do plumbers
1: but have a circle of legends? I, I, I don't wonder. think
2: they're. I think their circle of legends is the is the ball, <laughs> dr- right? The yeah.
0: It's like the golden ball. No, I mean, look, we love plumbers. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but no, um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, we we say, and this probably comes from you, that it, it, it's um, it's not easy, but it's not complex.
2: No, it's not. It's just it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, you know, really, if I were to attribute any success that I've had, it's because I return my phone calls.
1: Well, let's 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 talk about that for a second because we talk to a lot of people that do a ton of transactions in a year. We've had a lot of really successful guests, and when you talk about putting in hard work, we're talking about almost a different kind of hard work because this is a like these first couple of years in the business for you were in a different era of real estate than what we're used to. This is before Zillow. This is before mm-hmm. pay per click advertising, which we talk about how pay per click advertising is it's from old. a different era. This is way before a lot of these different things. So. What kind of things did you have to do to set yourself apart in a market that you were in in a way that other agents, we might not even be able to understand some of the things that you would have to do?
2: Well, you know, one thing's for sure. Uh, I mean, real estate is a, a contact business. So when someone calls you, you have to answer. Right. If you don't answer, you've got you to call them back. Somebody writes you, somebody texts you, somebody emails you. Whatever way that someone gets to you, you have to respond and it can't be tomorrow. You know, it's got to be today. Now, I think you guys do it in like 15 seconds. You have (laughs) robo contacts and, you know, when you, you know, you set up plans so that if you don't, if you don't think to touch them, then they get touched automatically. Right. But,
1: you know, we didn't have that stuff. So So what do you say to the agent that today says, "Oh, I'm just way too busy to return all my phone calls, and I've got so many people on my website"? I'm gonna say that
2: before your head hits the pillow, you need to return every phone call, return every email. It doesn't really matter if you do; you you must do it. Hmm. I mean, otherwise, you're just you're not in the business.
0: So, uh, you'll appreciate this. Um, And this is this is probably probably thirty years thirty. 30 days removed from me figuring this out but not very recently I figured out that over a 30 day time span we did six pending trans six pending transactions from phone call leads right proquest direct connect which proquest you know proquest it's how you that that mm-hmm. was the, te- the the technology that you built a, a 20 agent team on in 2005 6 right. 7 but f- so inbound calls answered a tr- we could attribute six transactions over a 30 day time span. And they were like instantaneous, like go show, like set an appointment, go show a house, set a follow on for three more showings, write a contract, get it accepted, close 30 days later. Right. And that was 30 days ago. Right. So, um, you're absolutely right. I think, I think you have to be responsive. I would, I would probably be slightly more specific, but, You have to be responsive to the people that want to engage you to get information about your service. Yeah. Okay. Whether that be, I want to buy this house or I want to hire you, Gabe, to list my house. You have to be responsive. Now we do it in different ways now. Okay. Back when, when he started, they didn't, there were no cell phones. Right. Okay. So, you know, he was sitting across the dining room table as much as he possibly could engaging with people, whether it be meeting at an apartment because they were trying to buy a house or meeting at a house because they were going to set list and upgrade, he had to be responsive. So now the phone is the mechanism to stay in touch. I would argue, and I know
2: you would as probably as
0: well, that our methods of communications have changed, but the need to stay responsive has not. Sure,
2: absolutely. You know, Jay, the way I started, I started um, – you know I, I reasoned that i needed to touch more people so i try I, what i did was i developed a plan to manage property for others and in that when i managed properties for others they paid me to collect the rent and rent them and maintain them but i got a side benefit from that i got the tenant and i got their credit report yeah so i knew the more i managed that was the more opportunities i had tenants and tenants really wanted to be Owners yeah. rather than tenants, so I would I would use that's what I leverage to sell people property. So I've got a tenant with a 750 credit score; they can buy. I know how much money they make, so I mean I'm all over those guys. So Pre- now let's be leads, so yeah. now let's
0: be clear: there was no sharing of confidential information, but no, he had yeah. to pull their credit report to be As to, part of the to, to qualify them for rental. He also happened to be a salesperson, so. That that was what he needed to know who was qualified to buy and who wasn't. I mean that's how that's how I got my
2: leads, you know. And, and I was as we mentioned before the before the show started, you know, I started with Jimmy. Um, that at the time he was my brother-in-law. Right, since he and my sister have divorced, but he was also a friend of mine from high school. I started with him, and he was a builder. So I sat in a subdivision. He paid me two hundred dollars a week and a hundred dollars a house every one I sold. In six months, I sold 60, right? So, I mean, but guess who made all the money, you he know? Did. He did. Of course. So I, I, I soon figured that out, you know. But I'm six months, you know, learning it. So now, so then I reasoned that, okay, I, how do I get those, how do I get, how do, can I get 60 people? We, You know, you're going to have to build and set in a model home in a subdivision and, of course, I couldn't build. I didn't have any money, you know. So, well, I can't manage property for others, so I started managing properties for others. And that gave me 60 tenants mm-hmm. that I could. And then, eventually, it becomes 100 tenants and 200 tenants and, you know, 300 tenants. And that's, that's how you get the people to sell to. Then, also, those people that you manage for become listings because every so often, you're going to upgrade their inventory, Right, yeah. so they may have five houses and they really need ten, but two of the houses are old and no count. So you need to get rid of those and upgrade them. Yeah. Right. So you sell two for them, and then you sell three to them. That's kind of the way that goes. No, absolutely. So, so,
0: you know, creating an entirely new business, Gabe, an entirely new business was required, right, to generate leads. So if you think about in today's real estate business, how easy it is, we've talked a lot about how leads Sign are... Sign up for a
1: new website. To get leads, leads are a
0: commodity. Yeah. If you have money, you have leads. Okay, that's all it takes. Had to create an entirely new business to generate leads. Well, and I think it's very smart, you know, when you think about it. Like, the information you have, well, number one, it's, it's an ancillary business to the primary business. It's, yeah. you know, provides opportunities for people that aspire to consume the other service. You've often heard me say that what everything we do supports everything else we do. And it's just this cycle that circulates, right? You know, our property management gives us a system to manage our own investments. The, Selling bank foreclosures gives us access to good investment
1: opportunities. It gives us access to investors who want to invest, who want to get property management. Well, and it kind of brings it full circle too, because not only do you have to create a new business, I'm sure you have to be a different kind of business person as well. Like you said at the beginning, you had to be very personable as a person-to-person business. Part of that's returning all of your calls. I'm sure that that's something that hasn't changed over the last 30 years. I mean, even though there are, like you said, much simpler ways today than going and building an entire subdivision of homes if you want more leads or starting an entirely new business. I think still it's very important to be someone that values that interpersonal contact with people. Absolutely.
0: But you can still develop a subdivision to generate leads. Oh,
1: you still can. Sure. Now, let's <laughs> hope
0: that developing a subdivision is a viable business. Let's hope property management is a viable business because otherwise it's just a loss lead. Yeah. You might as well pay Zillow. Yeah. You know, you might as well, you know, go get a white Lopo site, you know, and if you're, if your are in game is selling more houses, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin that cat. Okay. The trick is, is to make money at the things you use to support the other things you already do. Right. So we talk about Jimmy, this, this is a good example, Gabe, And which by the way, if they think I'm country, what do you think? They're going <laughs> to, he's, you got the, you got the country going today. Dad. <laughs> anyway. So, um, talk about Jim Bramlett, another, another mentor of mine, you know, um, you know, father to my first cousins, former, you know, dad's former brother-in-law, whatever. However you want to do it. He's my uncle. Sure. But he's my uncle. Whether he's my uncle or not, he's my uncle. So Jimmy, okay, is a builder, developer, real estate broker, auctioneer, among other things. Yep. Um, a Quarter horse breeder. hmm <laughs> Has a 40 stall quarter horse breeding operation. Shows. He shows quarter horses because he likes it. Yeah. Um, and is a world-class, you know, best-in-show quarter horse breeder. But that legitimizes his breeding operation so that it makes money. So he makes money at his hobbies. Now, that's the kind of business person I want to be. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what, what, what hobbies can we make money at? I need to think about this a little bit better.
2: What hobbies? Can
1: yeah,
0: we, I mean, when you, you know, breed when a, his hobby right? is horse breeding, and he makes money at it. Like, mm-hmm. like I, want to, I want to have a hobby. You need like to Gabe, buy some oak barrels here. Like, soon Gabe to get started. plays the ukulele. How do we get someone to pay Gabe to p- play the ukulele?
1: That's a great question. If anybody if anybody out there has any job postings for ukulele players, just put those in the comments. You, you know, he's a unicorn tamer also. Did you know this? No. Gabe true story. A, true story. And a Golden Knights <laughs> fan. Sorry, Gabe. Ah, uh, yeah. Last it, night was a rough night, but that's okay.
0: That's all good. That's all good. Okay, so... All right, let's not sell you short here. You sold 60 houses in your first six months, but you sold 100 in your first 12 months. Right. And you soon figured out that at $100 a house and $200 a week, you weren't making any money.
2: Well, I was making good money for the times, but not what I could have been making. It's not what Jimmy was making, for sure. Of course. Of course.
0: So, so, so you branched out, started a property management business, bootstrapped. Right. Okay, bootstrapped a property management business that gave you leads. Right. Okay, so now, now we're talking like infancy of your career at this point. Right. Okay. Fast forward. Let's talk about the heights. Let's talk okay. about the heights of the career. Okay, um, you know, fast forward to two thousand five six. What yeah. is it like to build a team of twenty within a brokerage when most people don't even understand the concept of teams?
2: Well, at the time, nobody was doing teams, but what I reasoned was I had more business than I could keep up with, so I started with one person to help me right and i would I was generating more leads than I could follow, and it really aggravated me when I couldn't get all my phone calls returned. Mm-hmm. So back to the phone calls. So I hired um, an agent to help. Well, then, you know, I said, well, okay, well I probably should market a little bit more and generate some more leads
0: because I got this agent.
2: Yeah. I got this agent I need to feed. So then I generated more leads than he could keep up with. So then I had to hire another agent. So then I said, well, you know, they can't even keep up with all these leads, so I better get somebody in the office to, you know, help me and hand out these leads and keep up with everything. So I did that, and then I generated more leads than three of us could keep up with. So then I had, I kept having to hire agents.
0: So at the height, you got to
2: twenty agents and three full time admin, four actually. Tracy Holtzlaw. Tracy Holtzlaw was the manager. I had her manage it for me okay. so, i didn't really manage it i had her manage it and then i had three staff okay three staff and tracy and then i worked i did all the listing i made i made them give me the listing leads right and i would close all the listings and bring the listings in and then all the uh all the agents were basically sales agents i didn't tell them they couldn't take listings but um you know, I controlled the leads, so I knew which one was a listing lead and
1: which one was a sales lead. So and even I'm, to this day, this is a model that you see pretty often, right, Jamie? Well, Jay, I, mean.
0: I, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking at the height 60, 692 transactions, four full time admin, 20 agents. Right now, our team gave mm-hmm. three full time admin, 15 agents. Okay. Okay. 15 agents, three full time admin. Now, we won't do 692 transactions this year, but our average sales price is more than double what his was right. back then. So the gross revenues are similar. I would guess the overhead's similar. Probably. Okay. And um, the difference is at this point, now I was there two years ago. I'm not there anymore. I don't do all the listing.
2: Well, it's because you choose not to.
0: Right. Exactly. I choose not to. And it got to the point where, you know, I didn't. It wasn't desirable for well, me so to here, do that. So as I still list houses and I still sell houses, it's so, going on showings this afternoon.
2: So as I started, you know, I recognized that you know I'm getting older and I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. At some point in time, I'm going to have to have to, you know, call it. So what I did was as I as I began to wind down from 20, you know, then I would take agents with me on listing appointments, right. So then I'd split the listing with the agent. So I go, I would set up the appointment, and then I'd take an agent with me, and they would handle the listing, hmm. and I'd split it with them. But that was to uh, number one. You know, I just
1: really want to work that hard, so I would. I mean, uh, when you got a twenty agent team, I think it's okay to delegate. Yeah, but I like mean,
2: stuff. I'm down to like a seven agent team now, and oh, I still okay. and I still do it. I mean, if I, you know, I will go on some listings and. Um, some of them I'll take agents with me. You know, it just depends on how hard I want to work. Sure. You know. There's nothing wrong,
1: nothing wrong with that. So, Gabe, here's my question for you. Okay. What questions do you have? I, here's something that's interesting. It's, kinda, it's kind of going in a different direction. But as we talk about achieving this amount of success in the time that we're talking about with the – I don't know that you necessarily call them constraints, but the differences in technology and, and just the way that people operate and the way the business and the industry operated. A while back, we did an episode. This was, I don't know how many months ago it was, but it was, it was maybe even last year. And it was called Laid to Rest was the title of this episode when we talked about some business practices from yesteryear this that, is be good. that we determined collectively, and we agreed on most of them, we determined were no longer viable. Uh, Yeah, viable. We, We thought that they were things of the past and they have been well replaced by things here in the future. So, for example... We talked about billboard ads and bus bench ads as things that
0: let's ask his let's ask his opinion. Well, on we these talked about you. The numbers.
1: reason I bring this up is because we talked about you in this episode. We talked about the Holmes book, and which is something <laughs> that some some agents here that are licensed are too young. To, they're like, "What is the Holmes book?" <laughs> so, but so, what I wanted to ask you, and you can take us any direction you want, is what things would you argue should not be laid to rest yet? What old school principles? Well, why don't you give it? Give them to him, and let's.
0: This is going to be golden, Gabe, okay, because he i are going to disagree on a bunch of this stuff and so it's going to
1: be pretty awesome if you just ask him <laughs> all right well let's <laughs> ask him about a bus bench let's let's talk about the bus bench ads and the billboard ads first well they we're, don't have
0: buses down there so
1: billboards yeah
2: billboards yeah. shopping cart laid to rest i wouldn't do it i mean unless i were promoting a website okay okay so you, so you can
0: drive print to digital from a billboard
2: right okay i don't know that i'd pay what they want for it
0: yeah well, I mean, and that's the thing. You have to keep that in consideration. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, I, I mean, in the height of the business, I gener- what I did was I calculated at price per lead,
0: mm-hmm. how
2: much it cost me to generate a lead. Right. And I tracked every lead and where it came from.
0: Sounds familiar.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I wanted to know if that lead source was, say, a homes book, how much did it cost me to generate that lead out of a homes book? Right. Conversion ratios...
1: And so, how hard was it to tell where if they came from? did You just ask them. He's like, "Hey, where did you see this yeah. house?" Or where did well, you hear I mean, about we us? know,
2: we know. I mean, you know, because you know. Well, he was driving everything to phone calls.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: And he drove everything to it. phone calls and had a marketing digit associated with it. Now one eight hundred. and we
2: and the, you know also you know the same thing from whatever the website leads. We knew that how they got to the website. Right. So
0: so, right here, if it, it'll pull up for me, gay, gay, we we track. And describe what you're looking at for. I'm showing. I'm showing. I'm showing him a spreadsheet, and he he's probably seen this before. I probably showed this to him, but we have for every agent on our team appointment to offer percentage, right? Okay, we have appointment or offer to acceptance percentage. We have appointment to closing percentage. We have appointment to listing appointment percentage. We have listing to pending percentage. Appointment to close percentage on the listing side, and we have. Average closed sales price, average KPI price point. So where where are you what's writing? K- what's KPI? Key predictive indicators or key performance indicators. So so let's say that um, it's just as viable and valuable to me to know where my agents, what price point my agents are writing offers on that they don't get accepted, as right. it is the ones that they do get accepted. All right. So my KPI average price, you know, at the team is two hundred five. Okay, our sales price is two hundred one. Right okay on on the list price so i mean we're we're currently running at 82% appointment to offer 82% appointment to offer so if we go on a fir- now now we don't count we go show somebody houses 10 times we don't count it 10 times it's right. one time one one unique client we're writing offers for 82% of our buyers 82% okay?
2: of the people that you reach
0: 82% of the people that we show a that house you engage. to engage that yeah, we
2: yeah. show a house to or have a buyer consult with, okay? Right. We so get, you're, only, you're only dropping out 18% of 18%. The that's, that's pretty daggone good. It's pretty good.
0: Okay, so we get 72% of our offers accepted, which in this market is exceptional. So that puts us at 45% appointment to close ratio on the buy side. Our goal is 50%. Two appointments, one closing. That's pretty good. Two, Two Back in the height, that
2: was three to one for me.
0: Three to one? Three appointments to one closing? Okay, and that's pretty solid, and, yeah, and even that. Well, it's really solid. Well, we're, we're by heavy team
2: as you were. Well, you know, I mean, you're also taking the metrics deeper than I did. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, but 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 those metrics that you have there, Jay, I mean, that's like, you know, come on, that's like Salesforce stuff. (laughs) I mean, I think... Well, we have some pretty serious
0: nerdery behind this. You can sell
2: that spreadsheet. No, I I understand, Jay, but I mean, that's stuff that... I mean, no no one thinks of a small real estate company doing that stuff. They think, you know, IBM does that, you know, (laughs) or, you know, Facebook does that. Um, One of these days. No, no, I got you, Jay, but I mean, that that kind of stuff is... uh, That's pretty neat. I mean, you can take... You know, if you handed that off to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can you can really tailor what you're doing behind that. So uh, I'll go. Your I'll training, go, especially.
0: I'll go one better. So I can tell you the number of. Showings, consults, total buyer engagements Offers written, buyer pending, buyer closed Listing appointments, listings taken At a glance Of right. any one agent on my team I can tell you what's the, what they've done in the last quarter What they've done in the last 30 days I can co- tell you the percentage of their contracts that get released I can tell you every single lead source For You're which probably, every so, one of those appointments came
2: from You could probably get hundred grand from Jimmy for that <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, it's, not, it's worth more than that
2: you think? Yes, it is.
0: Anyway, no, I, I don't want a bunny trail. But I, I, I think we go back to this laid to rest thing because th- the great thing about it that, that this conversation is flushing out yep. is what's similar, not what's different. Yeah. Okay. So he
1: wouldn't do, but he wouldn't do billboards. I wouldn't do billboards. But
2: and why would you not do billboards?
1: Is because even then you were tracking. You, you can't the return you on can't, investment. You on can't every, get
2: direct response out of the billboard. You need to figure out and where. We're talking about that, yeah. I mean, you have to figure out where the people are coming from. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can't figure that out, why spend the money? Right. I mean, and we talked we, about, we don't in the real estate business, we don't just need impressions. We need business. Right. So if I want impressions, you know, yeah. Okay. Then I have a billboard for an impression.
1: Yeah. And but we talked about the difference between brand building, like stuff that's just to build awareness and recognition versus actually drive people to your services. So,
2: I mean, we need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> that means we need to sell houses. Yeah. You know, people, pay us to sell houses. We, we we they don't I mean we should get some personal promotion out of everything that we do. Some some personal promotion so that you can build your brand. Which Remax is really good about that. Yeah. Uh, um you know, probably the gorilla in the market. Mhm.
0: Sorry, in terms of branding, it absolutely is. Well, well we got pretty stats. much no doubt. You got the stats to back it up. I mean, we got All like right. 65% brand recognition
2: to 19% for
0: Coldwell. Well, absolutely. Banking.
2: Well, I mean, how would you like to be Coca-Cola? Come on. Yeah. Well, REMAX yeah. is
0: the Coca-Cola of residential real estate.
2: Exactly. Right? So, so you want to associate yourself with that brand in some sort of way. That's the reason why you have your red, white, and blue signs. And then you, you take a little personal promotion in everything that you do. and But you still must drive business to you. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, a billboard would only be good if you could promote a website or a way for the people to, to get you.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and we often say, I use this example. Gable probably rolls out of this. You don't know how much effectiveness Coca Cola gets from the American Idol judges drinking out of Coca Cola cups, no, but with you that. know yeah. that it works. Exactly. Because if they didn't work, they wouldn't do it. And I, yeah. I believe Coca Cola to have enough market research. Now, a, 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 someone that I follow fervently, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, says mm-hmm. that Coca Cola's got it wrong. Coca Cola, <laughs> and w- BMW, Mercedes Benz, Bausch and Lomb, like these and big what, behemoth. Well, the problem, he has well, with the problem it. What's is, is that they're still seventy percent in more traditional um, segments of media. Oh, they're, so they're they should too, be moving on. They're, yeah. they're too much in print and too much in TV, and they're not enough in social. Okay, and and he says they're going to figure it out, and they're going to destroy social Everyone advertising yeah. <laughs> for for the small business. But then we'll, the small business will do
2: what small business
0: does. It'll be nimble and on to the next thing.
2: Once they figure it out.
0: Once they figure it out. They just haven't figured it out yet.
2: Well, they probably have figured it out. They just don't want to make the change.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's awesome. It'd be big. a
1: monumental but, move.
2: And like a, lot of things, a lot of things they don't have to change, too. Mm-hmm. But they don't I have tell the to story.
0: do that. I tell the story. I, I mean, I, he, he told the story, um, and, I, and I've shared it on this podcast before, about his meeting with the CEO of Bausch Lam, right? Yep. Like, he spent 60 minutes in a room with the guy. The guy spent 30 minutes talking about um how powerful social media was it was so powerful it was going to destroy our society and the other 30 minutes about why he he didn't feel like it could sell mascara <laughs> like it's going to destroy society but it can't sell lipstick like come on you know anyway all right let's go lay to rest again give me give, give me another give me another
1: the one that caused the most turmoil maybe in this room and online and in other places everyone seemed to have an opinion on this one what where do you stand on the effectiveness on actually knocking on people's doors, going door to door, whether it's to promote a new listing in the neighborhood or to invite people to an open house or anything in between at just going door to door, visiting people's homes. One in 10, one in 10 as like, that a would be good. Like That's one good. in 10 doors turns into like someone, Turn, like a, you get something out of one, you knock on 10 doors, you get something. So and this is something I want to think about, too, because we talked about how... We've done it. First thing you said was the bus the bus bench ad didn't apply to E-Town because there's no buses. Yeah, so, but there's shopping carts. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we talked about shopping carts, too. How much of this depends on the individual market? So what do you say the person says, well, sure, but that doesn't work in... My market, like maybe knocking on doors is a one well, in ten thing. Where you what are, doesn't,
2: what doesn't work about knocking on doors?
1: Well, if you ask J. Pitts, Pitts Junior. here, it was that the people that say it doesn't work is because they're not working. It. They don't have the script. They yep. don't know what to say. They're just not doing it right.
0: <laughs> you thought he was going to agree
2: with you. No comment. No, I mean, if you knock on ten doors, you're going to get something out of ten. Now, there you have to have a reason to knock on the doors. You're going to you're promoting a open an open house. Yeah. So you're inviting people to the open house. or
1: you know, I see that as a legitimate, le- legitimate reason to knock on a door is, hey, we're having an open house, you're invited.
2: You're not it. looking for buyers for the open house. You're looking for listings. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He
0: knows.
1: He's heard me preach it. He
0: just doesn't want to knock on somebody's door. He thinks it's intrusive and weird. Well, I
1: think that, it, that it's not necessarily just a suspicion. Nobody else does it. Well, I think people are stopping doing it because people are more outspoken about their discomfort with people coming not to their door not
2: people aren't stopping they don't do it. Right. I, I mean they're cocooned. Nobody they think because I'm cocooned that everybody's cocooned. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're ha- if you have a listing, you have a ju- legitimate and you're having an open house, you have a legitimate reason to talk, to knock on 50 doors around that listing. Let me let me tell you why he likes it.
0: Okay? Yeah. A- okay, and and I think I think he'd be probably stronger on it than I would. He likes it because it's effort based. It creates sure. degrees of separation and no one else is doing it.
2: All truths. All things I agree with. If, All truths. If I don't get anything out of it, my listing knows that I'm working.
1: That's true. That's a that's a big one.
2: So so and you're you're doing something
0: that no one else will do to promote someone's property, and that, Gabe,
1: you feel icky about it, so don't do it. Well, so here's the thing: it's not that I feel icky about it. I the door knocking thing is 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 its own thing, but there definitely is something to be said about showing that your seller your level of commitment to getting the job done. We were in, I was in a, uh, I was watching a Facebook live and I'm not going to like name names or anything, but you know, me and some other people here in the company were watching and they were talking about open houses and someone that was talking about how to do effective open houses said, and this is what they said. This is what they were telling other agents in the group was that if you're holding an open house for your seller and one of your buyer leads calls and wants to see a house right then, then you need to go. Like you need to leave the open house and go show the house. Mm. And the and they were saying, here's what you need to do. Your office needs to have a buddy system where you have an agent that's on speed dial ready to come and cover your open house if you need to go for a client. And I just no. is, is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? No, it's crazy. It's like if you if you're not showing your client, if you're what is your seller gonna think when they say, Hey, how did the open house go? Well, well, oh. the first thirty minutes were great, but my buyer called, and you know I had to you go. Could, so. you, you could you could
0: also argue, what does your buyer think? Here, here's the thing: it's got to be. What does your buyer think when you don't go? Yeah. Oh well, they're more important than me. Well, yes, because this was planned and scheduled. I told Here, them I would be doing this. Here's the, here's the difference: like, you you can't build a business based on being at someone else's
1: whim. No. Okay. Someone's emotional
0: that. whim, right? You have to be the professional, right? That sets proper expectations. Yep. And services your client well within your own with within your own constraints. The the thing that – where I draw the line is be where you are. Yeah. Okay? Be where you are at home, at work, for a seller, for a buyer. My phone is off right now. I'm recording a podcast. I may have a buyer that a listing just came on the market for that's trying to get a hold of me, and I wouldn't know because I'm here.
2: Right. Okay? I will be where I am. That's being the moment. But the way I did it was not like Jay did it. I did it by appointment. I scheduled everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ter- I scheduled if it's not dinner, on the calendar everything. it doesn't dinner, exist. Yeah. Dinner with the wife, you know, ball game for the kids. I schedule it. That left every other time available for real estate. Uh but anyway, so back in the day we're talking about knocking on doors uh so we supplanted that before the do not call list came out and right. we had we did a crisscross directory, if you know what that is. No. But in a neighborhood you can pull up an address and this crisscross directory would give you the phone numbers of every address okay. around that directory. So we would call them yep. rather than knock on their doors until the do not call list came out.
1: Yeah, and some might call that circle dialing. That's something that hasn't completely gone away. Yeah, so.
2: we've, we've done that. You've done that? Mm-hmm.
0: We take we take a, a company that does it now. is called Cole Realty Resources, and right. you basically plug in an address, and you get a radius, and you get every number within the radius. That's
2: not on the do not call list. That's, you can scrub against the do not call You have guys. to scrub it against yeah. or risk. Or risk trouble. getting paid getting fined a right. whole yeah. bunch of money. So we we did that. So so door knocking I think's effective if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't really do it anymore just because I don't want to do it. Well
0: I don't want to do it either. I'm just my argument when talking to Gabe about it was that it's effective when done right.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I would I would I would agree with that. I
2: mean if I didn't have anything else to do and no other business to attack, I guess go no knock money. on doors. And no money, I'd just no go knock money. on doors. Because yeah. you'll get one out of ten
1: you'll get something. Yeah, you'll get something. I agree with that. All right, give me something else. What else we got? Let's flip it on its head for a second. You talked very early, you talked about how the one thing that you can't afford to not do is return your calls, right? right. So instead of telling me something that we think is is dead and will never work again, why don't you tell me, Besides, if you can think of another one besides that, what is something that will never, ever, ever, in your estimation, go out of go out of use as far as the real estate business is concerned. Something that will always be useful as a way to generate leads. It will never become outdated.
2: Oh, yeah. That, which is a
1: dangerous prediction to make. N-
2: no doubt. It would be personal notes. Personal notes. Okay. We we'll t- never go
0: out of style. Yeah. We'll
2: go out of style. We talked about personal notes, and hand, I think we both agree that there hand were. Handwritten notes to, uh, to people that you engage with. I the way I and that's the way that I built the majority of my business was read the newspaper every morning sit in the garage read the newspaper a lot of it I read the sports page mm-hmm. which the kids were involved in sports so I'd pick up on um, you know where where the son or daughter of someone I knew just hit a home run or just got a you know just won the spelling bee or mm-hmm. was recognized and I'd clip it. And write a personal note, stick it in there, send it mm-hmm. to them, follow up the next week with a phone call, Yeah. follow up the next week with a lunch, and then you know, just run a mayor campaign on them.
1: Yep. And the mayor campaign we talk about, we're all Remax folks here. So Brian, Brian Buffini, Buffini is, is all, and a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with Brian Buffini and probably thought of him as soon as we start, start talking about personal notes. Right. I guess
2: our audience is real estate people, huh? Yeah, that's true.
1: Hmm. So it's about the, the only people about. that really care what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you too. But so even today, so this was, this was in a time and some people are like, there's a couple of things about that story that you said. One, who reads the newspaper, the print newspaper Two, Like, I don't even check my mail anymore. It's right. like, all these different things, but you're saying it's still even today. I still a write where- personal. So notes. what's the new age version of
0: clippings out of the newspaper?
1: Hey, I saw where your daughter graduated on Facebook. Congratulations! That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but is that a that, that? That's not as impactful as the personal note. I don't think. So maybe we've lost something to time, unfortunately. But what you're saying is the that. that Writing a personal note that says, "Hey, I noticed you, and I was thinking about you, so, and I don't want anything from you, I just wanted to tell you that I was thinking about you.: So
2: look here, you give you, you have a friend that got married, right, and you get them a nice wedding gift.: Sure. If they don't send you a note thanking you, or you're pissed? Or your well, wife. Well, Gabe, Gabe's not, but his wife is.
1: Well, we're millennials. My wife is. We're and, millennials, and, and, so and we're slowly think, starting to accept the not sending thank you notes thing. Which that's a, no, but like, do but you yeah, send you thank you, that, you notes? I can, can tell, tell you.
2: I can notes. tell you this: if my wife
1: didn't get a thank you note, mm-hmm. it would be she would be devastated. No, we made sure to send thank you notes, and it was an arduous process. It took us a little longer than it should have. I'm ashamed. I think of so, that's pretty much the case for
0: everybody.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've got a young
1: client just had a baby, a preemie, yeah, a son, his
2: second son. First son, I bought him a ball glove and took it over and give it to his grandparents. This one, I've got a closing with him on Monday. I'm taking this ball glove Mm -hmm. you know, on Monday and going to give it to him.
1: And I'm sure that uh, to some people that might just be a ball glove, but to other people, I sold his granddaddy probably three
2: or four houses. I've sold his dad 10 houses. I sold him three houses. I sold his sister-in-law house.
1: I mean, it's like okay. this whole this – whole f- So a baseball glove and a personal visit sounds like a small price to pay compared to oh, the yeah. output oh, of here. Of course. But l- let's, let's pivot on that because I think,
0: I think what you did there, it represents my opinion on the next topic I'm going to ask you about. You did something meaningful. You did something timely and relevant.
2: What about closing gifts? I don't give closing gifts.
1: Do I give closing gifts? Uh, Jay Pitts doesn't give closing gifts. <laughs> no, they
2: get they get the best out of me. There you go. I am the, the
1: closing gift. This closing is the gift. <laughs> they get all
2: they get all of me in the transaction. So, let, let me ask you, Let me ask you something.
0: Um, if you find an opportunity within a transaction to do something exceptionally valuable to your client, do you do it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, if they. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give a great example, and that I, I know I know the answer to this question, so I'm not even going to ask it like a question. I'm just going to let you affirm it after I tell you my example. But I had had a good friend that bought a house here recently. Um, we got a we got a repair request, right? You know, they had taken a little less for it than they wanted to, but it's what the market dictated that the house was worth. But they were a little disappointed. They had hoped the good market would have got them a little more money. Okay. And we got we got a list of repairs sent over, and I helped them like I always do. I lined everything out. I gave them good contractors. I gave everything. Um, it just so happened that I they did not have access to a handyman that needed to frame up a little support wall. Okay, right. S- fairly small repair, but you know, a couple. They just didn't know a guy. Couple, they didn't know a guy, but you know, 500 bucks, something like that. And um, you know, I lined it up. I met him over there. I showed him the job. I showed him how to do it. I showed him how to fix it. I, you know, let him do it. And. um, he, didn't send, he sent me a bill, not them, and I paid it. I didn't send them the bill, and then they called me asking where the bill was and said I took care of it. It's taken care of. It's taken care of. Well, Jay, it's taken care of. You ever do anything like that? Absolutely. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's better that than... Cookie cutter
1: service with a basket with a bottle of wine
0: at the With end. a bottle of wine at the closing table. That's, that's garbage, like a custom service. Custom value, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know. It, it.
2: So you'll see your clients out to dinner, right? Pick up their
0: check. Pick up their check. Done that before. I
2: mm-hmm. mean. Send them a bottle of champagne to the
0: table. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. You know, I've got a good friend of mine. This is no joke. And I'm going to tell you what. I, I threw him an engagement party hmm. for, for, for the kind of person that he is. Okay. My 30th birthday. Jen threw me a surprise birthday party. We went up to the bar to sell up at the night he would paid my tab. A 30th birthday party tab. I, I tell him one day in passing that Jen and I are going to Jeff Ruby's, a local steakhouse that's amazing and not cheap, Right. He for, sends you a for gift our board. anniversary. No he sent a bottle of champagne he wasn't even there he he called the restaurant and sent oh, a wow. bottle of champagne to our table for our anniversary and was not even in the restaurant
2: so you know you're not going to you're not going to forget that i will never forget
0: that and i and i said you know what i'm going to pay it forward when he got engaged i called him up and i said dude i'm throwing you an engagement party i said i don't want to hear any questions i don't yeah. want I, I all i need to know is who you want there and when you want it to be
2: that's you know, that's the kind of stuff is you do. That's the kind of stuff you do in the real estate business that sets you apart. They're not going to remember that that bottle opener that you got. <laughs> yeah, a set of knives. They're not going to remember that. Yeah. So okay. laid to rest. Closing gifts. Gavel drop. Yeah,
0: laid to rest. I mean,
2: a lot of people do it. I don't do it.
0: All right, Gabe. We only got a few more minutes, so let's let's button it up. G- give give me an ask Jay anything style question that we can pose. That we can post to Mr. Pitts Ask here. Jeff anything. Ask
1: Jeff anything. What's the most ridiculous situation you've had to solve right before closing to make it happen? <laughs> like you had to to save the deal, you had to do this. Let's hear it. Because <coughs> we've all got good stories around this office of the craziest deal we had to save. But.
2: I don't really ponder on those, but I can tell you this. Every deal has a problem. That's right. It's not a matter of fact having the problem. It's how you solve it. So what is the most ridiculous solution? I mean I could give you a lot of solutions. What what about the one where you get to closing and it's the house is being sold, the buyer is signing for her mother on a POA. Okay. And her mother passed away on Sunday. Oh. You know, I mean you can't solve that. You know, how total. how do you solve that?
0: Did that deal fund?
2: No. It it was funded. But I happened to find out right before the closing that her mother passed away. It was a Monday closing. Her mother passed away on Sunday. Daughter's signing at closing. You can't solve that problem.
1: What, are you know, the, what do you do in that situation? Cancel the closing. It. That's it. Deal's right? dead.
2: I had a client lose his job an hour before closing. Oh, yeah. man. I had I had a guy in a car wreck. I'll tell you this one. <laughs> okay, so here's the most ridiculous. <laughs> I knew there would be one in there somewhere. This, this is probably the most ridiculous. So... I have a closing schedule. Mm-hmm. I go pick the wife up. Uh, we're sitting at her house, and I'm going to take her to the closing. The husband's going to meet us there. Okay. We're sitting at it's the service house. Service right here. Yeah. We're sitting at the house, getting ready to leave, and we hear sirens. Right. Uh, didn't, don't think of anything. Sure. You know. We just so we go on, on the cl- go on to the closing. We get a call that her husband's in a car accident on the way to the closing. And he, it wasn't a devastating car accident. He broke his leg, so we pick up and go to the go to the hospital and <laughs> signs the papers at the hospital.
1: No kidding. So he yeah. still closed. Still, yeah, close we the closed deal. the deal.
2: You know, <laughs> but it's odd that you know. I mean, I guess I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen just uh, probably not everything, but my share.
1: Yeah, close enough to everything. Everything you want to see, probably. So the of what we had to do was just
2: pick up and go. And close it at the finish. The closing at the hospital. That's wild. <laughs> All right. So before we break, I got one more
0: special, special uh, treat for our guests for hmm. for for our listeners. Um, if you if you're a follower of resource and you listen to Gabe and I often, you'll know that I quote my dad quite a bit. Okay, and we've often talked about having a what my dad says version. Yeah. Real estate, real estate edition. So what I'd like to do. Um, is I'd like to give I'd like to start a few sayings and have you <laughs> finish them for me. Okay, okay. So first thing, and you'll know exactly where I'm going. with This when you give it out in slices,
2: get it back in loaves. Back
0: in loaves. <laughs> yeah, nice bread reference there. There are two kinds of basements:
2: the basement that leaks and the one that's going to leak. <laughs>
0: I've heard that. Basements funny. that have <laughs> leaked and basements that
2: will leak. Right?
0: That's right. <laughs> All right. Here's a good one. What's your answer for how you doing today?
2: I'm doing great and getting better every day. Doing <laughs> great and getting better every day. Yep.
0: Signing a contract, what do you say?
2: Press hard, there's four copies.
0: Press hard, there's four copies.
1: My favorite one, I think the day that I first met you was years and years and years ago. We came down to E-Town for a, a company meeting at an executive group. And it was something... You were asking me about, like, how long I had been with Jay, and it had been days at that point. Like, it hadn't even been a week yet. And you said something about, like, hey, you're going to love it here. We work half days around here, 12 Oh, yeah. Hours. What, are, what are half days?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like a half day is
1: 6 to 6. 6A <laughs> six a to 6P. You said, we only work half days around here, 12 hours.
0: <laughs> well, Dad, I, I can say uh, I appreciate you making the time coming up. Oh, yeah. We um, sat, sat in our training this morning which listeners probably know we run trainings. We talk about it often. We run trainings just before we record the podcast and, uh, it's probably been too long. And honestly, I don't know why I didn't think about this before. I mean, I I always considered having you on the show at some point and I, I don't know why it just for, for me, I think the way that this show has developed and as much influence as you've actually had over the content that we put out. Now we think about things slightly differently. He always talks about being old school and I'm new school. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, but it, it, it's so much that we've talked about today. Like, you can hear it, man. I know oh, yeah. you can. Like, the things that we say are are just expanded upon lessons that I've learned of a lifetime of watching him, my Uncle Jim, and a few others, how they do the business. Yeah. So it just it just really underscores for me how how actually fairly simple this business is. It's not easy. No. But it's simple. It's not complex, right? The concept's stay the same it doesn't matter what, if it goes ai you know uh, you know dynamic remarketing and crazy internet like Speak on lead gen, yeah. or it's answering the phone. Like at some point, the same concepts take over.
1: Yeah, no matter where the industry goes, a mind focused on service is going to be the thing that sets the best agents apart. So, the circle of legends, apart from. Uh, so maybe thirty years, years from today, Preston will be sitting here interviewing
0: me, <laughs> and I'll be telling him to make sure he responds to all his text messages before his head hits. You <laughs> like, got dad
1: t- Who texts anymore? <laughs> text messages? Really? <laughs> we send <laughs> tele. Te- we send telep- t- telepathic. Telepathic messages. Like he said, next thing you are going to tell me to do. Is is check my Facebook Messenger. That's how <laughs> our conversation Anyway, Dad, thanks for making the time. We appreciate it. Um, for Gabe and I, this has
0: been Resource. We'll talk about real estate. Folks, we'll be back real, real soon.
1: Thanks a lot, guys.